The Glory Center would like to welcome you to this podcast. We hope that this teaching will encourage and minister to you. And now, the message. Uh, you can turn as we're getting into the scriptures here to 1 Corinthians 12. And we've been teaching on things of and pertaining to Holy Spirit recently for s- several weeks. Um, and then, you know, with all the societal, political, et cetera, upheaval, you know, I did tie some things into some of those things. Um, I love how, and again, 1 Corinthians 12, I love how in Acts chapter 2, when the very day, you know, when Holy Spirit was poured out, the new covenant, the kingdom of God is inaugurated. On that very first day, it says there were men from every nation under heaven. So they were who who heard them telling the good news, basically. But I love how the Lord embraces all of humanity, you know, Um, and, and even at a time like, you know, this where there's racial divisions and and upheavals and things like that, I think of how the Spirit of the Lord is all-embracing of all people. And to me, that's beautiful. I love that. Again, Acts chapter 2 says that on the day of Pentecost, see, think about this. You guys know the verse in Matthew 24, 15. Jesus said, this good news of the kingdom must be preached throughout the whole oikomene, not cosmos, oikomene. That meant the Roman Empire. As we say very often, you go to a grocery store, you see oikos, Greek yogurt, right? That's the same thing, oikos, oikomene, and it's the same derivative, in other words. Um, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom, because Rome had its own kingdom. And Jesus says, no, because we don't always understand or, or, or readily perceive some of the cultural things that were going on, but... Like the Caesars were believed to be the gods incarnate, and they were known as, whoever the current Caesar was, would be known as, the, one of his titles was the Son of God. One of his titles was King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And so it was literally dangerous to say, no, Jesus is Lord. So when the Jews, when the unbelieving Jews said, no, we have no king but Caesar, right, which was not supposed to be their, their mentality there, nonetheless, um, and that's why in the first century, that's why, has anyone ever heard the, the word agora? You ever heard agoraphobic? Okay. Agora, it goes back to ancient Greek times. And the agora was basically the public shopping center. And it, it wasn't there initially, like during Jesus' life and ministry. But by the time Nero becomes Caesar from uh, what was Nero? 54 to 68, I believe. Um, he, he had a 12-year abysmal, tyrannical, terrorist reign, you know, uh, over Christians. You know, in other words, Jesus died 33 years old in 30 AD, and Nero reigned from 54 to 68. So you see the timeline there, trying to, just trying to connect it so it doesn't feel so abstract and unrelated and all of that. But by the time Nero came along, in order to shop and, and buy food and supplies and all that in the Roman Agora, the public shopping center, you when you came to it, you had to give incense to the statue of the Caesar in order to enter into the Agora where you could buy and sell. When you entered the incense, 
They would give you a document showing that you did it, but they would take the ashes of your incense and put it on your hand or on your head. And without that mark, you couldn't buy or sell. And we know from extra biblical resources from church history, one of Nero's names was a guy named Apollonius. Yeah, I know, but I'm sure you remember that. But a historian named Apollonius back in the first century said that Nero was the beast, right? So all these things uh, work out historically and all of that. But here's what I'm trying to get at. In the midst of all of those things, read, read Revelation. In the midst of oppression, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of turmoil and upheaval and all these things, King Jesus reigns in his people. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Better than Campbell's soup, baby. You know, Jesus is not weak, dead, or defeated. He's alive and well. And he is king of kings. And he is Lord of lords. And he is good. And he does desire for us to experience his goodness. He desires for us, you know, the gospel is not, one of the reasons I feel, one, that, you know, we know statistically the church is exploding in the world. And the last I heard, and this is a few years old, the born-again rate is higher than the natural birth rate, right? So that's a beautiful thing. But the American evangelical church seems to be holding, holding on at best, if not dwindling. And it seems to certainly be dwindling in a lot of ways. Part of the problem, I feel, is the church, in many, in, you know, generally speaking, has rejected a gospel of power for an argument, you know, and I feel the gospel is intellectually defensible and we need that. And thank God. For, look at Ravi Zacharias, who recently passed away, a great defender of the faith in that that realm, you know. But that's only part of it. Paul said in First Corinthians two, verse four, he said, I did not come in my in my preaching. In other words, he said in man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, right? So to Jesus, it's one and the same. There is no, well, we have our message and sometimes we have power. It's all, it goes together, right? It's one and the same. Um, so we, we've been, can you guys hear me adequately, generally? I, I've, okay. Sometimes these coats, you know, do that kind of stuff. Do I need to kill the code, or has it not been a problem yet? Hey, you're ruffling. No, okay, so. It's just my feathers, Noxie. Maybe that'll help. Put my coat on so I look like a real preacher. Look like a real boy. Um, well, I guess I need to turn to 1 Corinthians 12 myself here. But we, you know, last week we looked from 1 John. And John says twice in 1 John 2 that we have been anointed by the Spirit of God. And so I remember the day when I found out early on in my walk with the Lord, because you find out, you know, however, whether you're raised in it or whether you, you find out later that the power of the Holy Spirit's alive and well today. And, you know, he's not retired. The power cord's not unplugged. It's, it's, it's still here, ready and active, ready to go. Holy Spirit and all his glory and power. You know, I remember where I was when I found out, if you will, that I was anointed by virtue of the fact 
that God Almighty had already taken up residence in my new creation, born again spirit, right? And so we don't have to chase the anointing. We don't have to chase power. Now we do seek God in a general sense to explore the mysteries of what already is ours, to get to know this loving God who gave all for us so we could know him. You know, we understand that. Um, and, and things such as growing in the word, knowledge and truth of God's word, things such as fasting, things such as speaking the word, things such as praying in the spirit, don't earn God's power. They don't earn the anointing, but they develop your spiritual muscles, get, brings you to the place where you can function in these things by God's grace, right? And th this is a key component we miss sometimes. The gifts of the spirit, which we're going to look at today, um, let me say this to, to start. Let me, let me throw this out there as a general thing because this will undergird a lot of this. And this won't sound super profound, but I think it's a very helpful thing. It seems to me from Scripture and experience, the gifts of the Spirit generally serve a twofold purpose, and that is to help people and to glorify Jesus. I mean, that pretty much gets to the heart of the issue, right? Um. All of us are called, anointed, graced by God for something, you know, and it's a, I think it's, it's a lifelong thing, you know, because you could be serving God in one capacity for umpteen years, for decades, and then the Lord could, could switch it. And, and, you know, we don't know how and why all these things happen and work the way they do. I just try to follow the Lord the best I know how, you know, and trust that just as he's led me, just as 12 years ago, he spoke to me about finances and then I trusted, no, I just walked by faith that 12 years later, he'll confirm it in a church. So, you know, I, I, he knows where we are. He knows how to, we just follow him. God told Abraham, Abe, pack up. You're blessed. I got your back. Go. Where am I going? Just start walking. I'll tell you. Like, I'll tell you when to camp out. I'll tell you when to turn left. I'll tell you when to turn right. He had his own you know, heavenly GPS, I guess, that type of thing. And so the Lord knows how to speak our language. And even in this area of the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, however you want to call it, manifestation of the Spirit, it does take, and this is important as well, the gifts function as everything else in the kingdom, as far as I can tell, by grace through faith. Does that make sense? So it is a grace that comes to us. It's, and we look at people define grace maybe a couple of different ways. I sort of lump it all together and, and I consider grace the, uh, I don't know, the, the undeserved, unmerited, and empowering favor and blessing of God. You, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's favor, it comes through favor, but, it, but it's, it's, it's an actual blessing. It's a thing. You know, God, grace is, Romans 11, 29, says the gifts and callings of God are without or irrevocable, that gifts there is the word grace in Greek. The graces, the, the charis, the, that's where we get charismatic from. The, char, the gifts of the Spirit are the charismata, the manifestations of grace, right? They're grace gifts. And it takes faith. You know, Peter had to actually step out of the boat to walk on water, which was at the very least the gift of the working of miracles, right? Which we'll, we'll get into all that. So today I just want to add some, some meat and bone, you know, to some of these things, 
Um, for some, this might be revelation. For others, this might be review. But I think some of this in general will help all of us and encourage us in what God, you know, Paul, Paul told Timothy, stir up the grace of God. And it's gift, but it's the Greek word grace. Stir up the grace of God that's within you. And so I love it when other people fan the flames of the fire of the Spirit within me. But sometimes you got to stir yourself up. Is In the Old Testament, David, there's an account where, where he's off to battle and he comes back and they lost everything. Everything was destroyed, plundered, taken. And it says that David took his ephod, his mantle, and wrapped it around himself and encouraged, it says. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And I love it when somebody else encourages me. But sometimes you're, you know, home alone or whatever, and you got to encourage yourself, you know. And it's amazing how, I mean, you could just be feeling like whatever, man. You could just be feeling awful. Sometimes, you know, it's not always quite this simple, but there are those times. You just, you just wake up in one of those moods sometimes. Not you, but the person next to you. I mean, you know, you know how that happens, don't you? And, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, it just something simple can shift something like that. You can just, you go into work and you're grumpy and you kick the dog and some idiot flipped you off and because he ran a red light and blamed you. I mean, just any number of things, you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning and the day is already shot, you know, but you can sit in your car for two minutes before you walk in and pray in the spirit and just strengthen and encourage you a little bit or, or worship the Lord. Worship, worship's so great because it, you, it gets your focus off of the problem, right? Not to ignore it, not to, per, to ignore it so it'll go away or anything like that, but you put the focus where it belongs. Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. So looking unto him. Um, we're going to start here in, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... And I'm in the New American Standard Version. Uh, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or unaware. So think about that. that. That statement alone, concerning the gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be unaware or ignorant. So this isn't a negotiable. It, this isn't like, the way I put it is, even in this, you know, you know, the seeker-friendly movement, it's it's one thing if you don't know, but to know about the power and manifestation of the Spirit, and to more or less tell Jesus, no, we're not doing that in this church. I just I can't go there. I don't get it, and I don't want to get it. I don't. I, to tell the Holy Spirit no is to tell Jesus no. You can't be Lord in this church because Holy Spirit's God just as much as Abba and Jesus are. And so we, to me, I have to sleep at night and we don't have the right to say, well, Lord, we could pray for the sick today, but someone may not understand and get offended. And I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I don't see where Jesus ever took that approach. I've read the book of Acts where they preached the gospel in front of pagans, religious pagans, and in front of Jewish people, and they never compromise that the gospel is in word and in deed. It's, it's truth and it's power. And there, to me... I, I can't compromise that. And so Paul tells us, don't be unaware or ignorant of these supernatural manifestations. Now, these Corinthians were already knowledgeable to a degree of the gifts. 
and we see that they were already functioning in the gifts, but they, Paul had to give them some, some know-how, a little clarity, right? Um, kind of how to do things the right way. Now, verse 2, he says, You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols, however you were led. Verse 3, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. I, I won't really get into all of these and the implications of this, but it, it seems to have to do with, number one, their, their, uh, how Paul's having to bring order. And an, this may have been an answer to a question. He's given clarity. He's given instruction. He's given parameters and, guide, you know, this type of stuff. Um, but at the very least, we can see this here. No one says Jesus is Lord but by the Spirit. Again, the gifts of the Spirit point to and glorify Jesus. So the gifts of the Spirit won't make the person look extra special. Uh, yeah, I, there was a pastor, he, he's in heaven now, but he used to say that, there's a, he used to say there are no great men of God. There's only men with a great God. And you get the point, right? So the gifts don't make us great. They point to him and reveal how great he is. Verse 4, he says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God. So in those verses, we, we see verse 4, Spirit, 5, Lord, Jesus. Then he says, God, Abba. So in other words, the Trinity. The, the triune God is in this thing. He is, all, he is in the gifts. They're of him, from him, point to him, etc. Right? So he says, uh, but the same God who works all things in all, in all person. Now look at verse 7. But to each one, each one. So everybody in the body of Christ, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So that can mean, so, so to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Of course, that, that, that's, how do I say it? That's giving and receiving, right? So the, the gifts of the Spirit are for each person's edification and profit. Whether you're doing the prophesying or receiving a word from the Lord, whether you're ministering to the sick or receiving healing in your own body, the manifestation of the Spirit is for all. It's for all of God's people, right? And it's, you know, but as he says here, there are varieties and diversities of manifestations and of gifts. And that's an important thing to learn. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, it's not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves. I mean, you, you start listening to Brother Hagen or, or, you know, like Brother Norville that we used to work for, and you listen to some of their experiences or, or Joseph or Andrew or whoever floats your boat. And, you know, they had a vision or they went to heaven or whatever. And then because you're not having 13 visions a day, you feel like you must not be holy enough or spiritual enough. Well, we leave those things in the Lord's hands. You can't make a vision come just because you want it to come. You know, so we just trust God that he makes this stuff happen. I just seek him. I just hang out with him. I live life with him. I look to him. He'll take care of all that stuff. Does that make sense? And the Lord, you know, wants all of us encouraged and developed to some level in this degree, uh, in this area. And again, it's very important that, as he says here, there are diversities. And so... 
your teaching or preaching ministry doesn't have to look like Brother Hagan or whoever you, you know, who, Bill Johnson, whoever floats your boat. You, you flow and function the way God's graced you to flow and function, right? You can't, like David, David tried to put on Saul's armor, but it wouldn't fit him. It wasn't a right fit. You can't wear someone else's armor into the battlefield. You know what I'm saying? Some people have armor and, and all that. Some people have a slingshot. Is, you know what I'm saying, right? And so it's important to recognize that. You could, you know, and some of these things are, are just like preference. Some of it's cultural. Some of it's personality and stuff like that. You know, I can listen to T.D. Jakes preach the house down, or I can listen to Andrew Womack talk real calm and twangy. Like it doesn't matter to me. I can listen to Brother Hagen teach, or I can, you know, I can listen to Joseph Prince preach. It, whatever. To me, that doesn't matter. It's the substance of it. Like, it's the truth that's in it. It's the anointing, the, the, the tr truth that's on it. So, you know what I'm saying? Even in worship music, like, there, there have been those times where, okay, there, there's a very famous worship leader. And, and this is probably, man, what is it, 2020? So this is probably over 10 years ago. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is, uh, when we, we worked at Norville's together, he is Jensen Franklin's cousin, my buddy there. And so we were talking one day at the ministry and I said, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. And I'm as musically inclined as a spoon, let me tell you. But, but I said, you know, so-and-so, I don't know. I listen to them. They're awesome. They're great. I'd never, whatever, God bless them. I'm all for it. I'll buy them, support them, you know, whatever their albums. But they're not like all that great of a singer, are they? Or is it just me? And so then he got, so in other words, I started realizing this particular person probably wouldn't win America, American Idol necessarily, maybe. But the anointing on them is so dynamic. Whew. You could just listen to this person all day, and some of you have. <laughs> so probably. Um, I'm, not, I'm trying to not sound like I, my point wasn't to be judgmental to that person. Even when it happened, when I first, I just realized like, man. There's a lot better singers, than it, but this person's as anointed as any of them, if not more than most, you know, that type of deal. And so it's just God's grace. It's, I mean, God does that stuff. We just follow him the best we know how. Um, and let me mention, it does take faith. It takes faith to step out in, because you know, we always wrestle with this stuff, it seems like. And we always want to be called to everything except what God's called us to. We pull a Moses, you know, we pull a Moses and wrestle with God. You know, about our calling and, well, I can't speak. I can't do this. Da, 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 you know, and, and God will help us. God will guide us. God will teach us. And, you know, concerning these things, the gifts of the Spirit and, and the things of the, the Spirit and all of that, um, te man's teaching, even anointed truth, te can only take you so far. There comes that point where you have to step out of the boat by faith, looking unto Jesus, trusting that he, his grace will be there for me to walk on water. You know, the Lord would be unjust to call you to something, but not equip you for it. But, you know, he's not unjust, obviously. And so the Lord equips us. And I, I think of Moses in the book of Numbers, when the Lord was training him in his prophetic ministry, and he had a, a dynamic miracle, working in miracles, you know, in his ministry. And so the Lord would tell Moses in one place, put your hand, you know, pull it out. And it was, leper, it was 
white as snow with leprosy. Put it back in, pull it out. And it was, the Lord was personally training him in his miracle working ministry, in other words. And the Lord will do that. Um, even Paul. Paul said when, when the revelation of the gospel come to him, he didn't immediately confer with flesh and blood. Later he did, you know. But um, anyways, let me keep reading here. I got to get through some of this because we're already, it's already 12.05. All right, he says this. Once again, um, verse, let's see here. Verse seven, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good or to profit with all. Verse eight, and then here are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, but the same spirit. To another, faith. Some translations put special faith, gift of faith. Um, by the same spirit to another, the gifts, and it is plural in the Greek, the gifts of healing by one, the one spirit to another, the working or affecting of miracles to another prophecy, the gift of prophecy to another, uh, the discerning of spirits to another diversities of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. Then verse 11, but the one and self same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right. So the Lord chooses how he graces us. And hopefully we go with it, you know, and it's a lifelong process. Now, let me just quickly run through some of this and this will get a, hopefully this will help you and this won't be too um, laborious or, or whatever for you. So let me just the common breakdown of these uh, in our charismatic circles is typically kind of put them into three categories. And I'm going to quickly run through this best I can. So um, hopefully it's, you know, okay. Um, there are the revelation gifts, gifts that reveal something. And I, and I know some people will be writing all this down, so I'll try to go as slow as I can without being absurd. And at the same time, if you need anything, when we finish, I can gladly, yeah, share it. Now, um, the revelation gifts, then there are the vocal gifts or gifts that say something. <coughs> and then there are power gifts, gifts that do something. And that's just a general common way of categorizing and breaking them down. Very common way to go about it. The revelation gifts are, and let me say this, I know we know this, but it, 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 it bears repeating. All nine gifts of the Spirit are supernatural in nature. All right? So the gifts of healings does not refer to, well, he's a doctor. So he's, the, the word of wisdom is not, well, uh, Socrates was so wise. That's not what it is. It's a supernatural manifestation of God's Spirit. Right? So just keep that in mind. There's supernatural gifts. Um, word of knowledge very simply, and I'm going to make this as simple as possible. And again, it's a word of knowledge, right? So it's it's not a whole book. It's just a word. The Lord, you know, <laughs> the Lord gave me a word today about Ryan and his his grace and calling. He didn't tell me everything about Ryan. Just one in one specific area, right? So it's a word. It's a tweet, a Twitter, right? You know, it's a little message there. Uh, very simply, a revealing of certain facts you know, about people, place, thing, a revealing of certain things, dealing with the past or the present. And you see this all through Scripture. 
Um, you see Jesus with the woman at the well, when he, by the word of knowledge, God, by the spirit, gave him knowledge about her. And then he, he tells her, you know, about her past and present relationships by the spirit of God, right? Supernatural. So it's just a revelation of certain facts. People, place, or things. You know, God could tell you something about a place or, you know, any, anything like that. Um, yeah, you, you do, you see all the gifts in, in various places throughout Scripture, but more on that to come, but um, just to get through some of this. Um, then there's the discerning of spirits in the Word of Wisdom. Discerning of spirits is simply seeing or hearing into the realm of spirits. That's all it is. So if you ever see an angel, if you ever see Jesus in a vision, uh, anything like that, all through the Old Testament, you know, it would say the angel of the Lord appeared to them. That was discerning of spirits. One place you got the prophet and his servant, and they wake up, and the bad guys are surrounding them, and the prophet's cool, and his servant's freaking out because they got lots of sharp, pointy objects pointed at them. But the prophet says, Lord, open his eyes. Well, his eyes were open because he saw these bad guys. He meant his spiritual sight. Let him see to the realm of the spirit. He said, because there are more with us than there are with them. Because the host of heaven was with them. That's discerning of spirits. The whole book of Revelation is discerning of spirits. It's other stuff too. It's prophecy, it's word and all, it's a lot of stuff. But just the fact that he sees into the heavenly realm, the spiritual realm. So it's not the gift of discernment. It's not the gift of being judgmental. It's not the gift of nitpicking and critiquing everybody, you know. It's not the gift of being weird and, you know, being a jerk. It's the discerning of spirits. So it's to actually see or hear. And there are sometimes, there are times where I will perceive a certain spiritual influence, uh, sometimes a demonic spirit, for example. But that can be just the anointing within you kind of telling you that, so to speak, just a knowing. It can also be the word of knowledge. But if you don't see it or hear it, it's not technically discerning. Does that make sense? And you don't want to get too technical and thus saith the Lord, oh, wait, hold on. I got to figure out what gift this is. No, just that's not the point of this. It's just helping us to identify and actually have some understanding. As Paul said, don't be ignorant of these gifts. So we want to know something about them, right? Um, now, so word and knowledge is revelation of certain facts. People, places, things, past or present. Deserting of spirits, seeing or hearing. The world of spirits, the spiritual realm. Uh, then there's the word of wisdom. There's a little, it depends who you ask. Some people, the word of wisdom and the gift of prophecy, there's a little, uh, some people say overlap or, <clears throat> I don't know how to explain it. Um, I, I'm going to take uh, a little different approach than Well, let me say, let me just say it this way. First of all, the gift of prophecy is simply a divine utterance in a known language, right? I say divine, that doesn't mean God's dictating it to you in, in your, none of us are a perfect vessel. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God works through imperfect people, right? So, you know, we understand that. Um, but let me say this though, the word of wisdom I think, in more on this in a moment, is simply a revelation of how to implement, you know, of wisdom. Like, for example, Peter, 
they'll, they'll catch a fish, there'll be a coin in its mouth. That's how you'll pay this. That's supernatural wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to, when to, and how to, right? More or less. It's, the, it's an application of knowledge, right? Um, so the word of wisdom, and other, like Brother Hagen said that most people think uh, they confuse word of wisdom and prophecy. So I'm actually giving the definition that's different from Brother Hagen's. So I, I'm taking that approach. So just don't, I feel like I'm confusing that a little bit, but um, sorry. So let me just leave you with that. Word, word of knowledge, revelation, facts, past, present. Word of wisdom, re revelation of supernatural wisdom, how to implement something. Go catch a fish, there'll be a coin in there, that's how you pay it, all right? And then the discerning spirits, seeing, hearing, know the world of spirits. Vocal gifts, very quickly. Gift of prophecy, divine utterance in a known language. In other words, Thus saith the Lord. And you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, but you can. <laughs> scripture does a lot. Or the word of the Lord in Scripture. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, da-da-da-da-da. You know, that type of stuff. Um, then there are diversities of tongues, which is, diver uh, and that's important to realize, there are diversities. And sometimes we don't understand, we try to apply the same rules, if you will, to these diversities, and they don't all function the same way. So Acts chapter 2 is one of the diversities of tongues, where by, where by the Spirit of God, they supernaturally spoke in human languages that it was in the scriptures there that they weren't naturally able to speak. And you hear stories about this a lot. Um, just, I've heard of... Uh, Many, many people functioning in that dynamic. But, but that's only one diversity. Uh, a very, very common, common manifestation is the, I don't know what to call it, but I just call it tongues for public assembly, right? Which is accompanied by the next gift, the interpretation of tongues, right? So gift of prophecy, thus saith the Lord, in a language you understand. But then the other... The, Tongues, interpretation of tongues. So there are diversities of how the gifts of tongues can work. Um, a lot of times, you know, I've heard stories, and people I know as well, not just, you know, um, people will be, you know, in a prayer line, and the preacher's going down. I, I'm thinking of a specific example. Um, and a guy's praying for a bunch of people, and he just felt impressed over one person to speak in tongues for a moment, and he did it. And then after the service, they told him, I didn't know you knew, uh, it was a very unique Scandinavian dialect. Uh, the name, I, it's on the tip of my brain, but I can't think of the name of it. Um, I think it was a, a, a Finnish, Finnish uh, dialect. I forget the name of it now. Um, and then you hear stories, you know, I've heard stories of well-known American preachers. You know, they, they think they're speaking in tongues at one moment, but they're really preaching in Russian to a Russian crowd and, they, you know, that type of stuff. Or they have an interpreter and then they feel they start saying something and the interpreter stops and, hey, why'd you stop? Well, you're speaking fluent, whatever, Swahili or French or what, And they don't, it's a supernatural manifestation, right? So, but the other one that's probably a little more common is the one we're used to. You're in, you're in a church. It, it doesn't have to be a church. I mean, it could be at home, man. The Lord could give you a tongue and interpretation for yourself for your spouse, for your kids. A lot of, that's another thing. A lot of times these gifts will operate in your prayer life, you know, and even if you don't know it, 
you'll feel impressed to pray for someone. That might be a word of knowledge, you know. Um, you could be praying for someone and then you just, you see them in the spirit, you know. And so different things like that can happen. You can be praying for someone and God can shift you over into prophesying for someone, you know. I mean, this stuff's incredible, man. You could be, you know, you could be praying in the spirit and thank God. We, you know, Paul said, when you pray in the spirit, your understanding is unfruitful. Thank, thank God, because we'd mess it up. That's time probably if, if we controlled it, you know. It's like preachers have said, you're praying in tongues and you think you're praying because you, I've had people tell me, yeah, I prayed in tongues about that. I prayed in tongues about that. You don't control what you pray about in tongues. Paul's so clear about that. Now, so in other words, the example I've heard used is, Lord, I need an, I want a brand new red Corvette and I'm going to pray in tongues about it. And you're praying in tongues for an hour because you want a new car but God's actually working on your love walk so you quit yelling at your wife and being such a jerk. Does that make sense? Like we don't, it's, as 1 Corinthians 12 said there, they're given as the spirit wills, right? And so it's just, I'm putting some understanding, hopefully, and some, some nuts and bolts to some of these things. Now, um, and then there, you know, so prophecies, divine utterance in a known language, tongues, at least for public assembly, is divine utterance in an unknown or heavenly language, right? And then the interpretation of tongues is a telling forth of what was previously spoken in an unknown tongue. Does that make sense? All right. And that's important too. It's the interpretation of tongues, not the word for word dictation of tongues, not the perfect translation of tongues. These things come through our vessels, through our mentality, through our personality. God designed it that way. So a lot of times if I'm in a service and maybe it's during worship and I, know, I perceive by the Spirit of God that there's going to be a tongues and interpretation and it'll have something to do, you know, I'm just making, you know, it'll have something to do with um, praying for your nation or, you know, whatever. And that would certainly be applicable now. But, you know, praying for your nation. Well, you'll get the, or at least for me, I'll get the essence of that. I'll, I'll know 30 minutes in advance by the spirit of God, there's going to be tongues and interpretation. It'll, it'll deal with this area. And then, you know, Ray will give the tongue, Jane will give the interpretation. And I just had the essence of it, but they'll give the, the more fuller, I don't know, whatever, uh, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> you know, so, and that's another thing. It can be a 30 second, message in tongues in a three-minute interpretation because it's not a translation it's an it's a it's an interpretation it's it's capturing the essence of it and revealing it does that make sense as well okay cool um and then lastly here just trying to close up here as quick as i can what we call the power gifts gifts of healing working in miracles and the gift of faith Uh, very simply, the gifts of healing um, is simply when God's power, you know, produces or affects a cure, if you will. And you understand how, what I, just a healing, a cure, a total, you know what I'm saying. So um, it's just when a manifestation of God's power, which produces or affects a, a cure, a healing. And certainly it's physical. It's also mental. It's also emotional. 
it's gifts of healing, and it is plural in Greek. And we know from Isaiah 53 that tells us in verses 4 and 5 that surely he bore, in the King James and most translations say, our griefs and our sorrows. But the Hebrew thoroughly and clearly says, surely he bore our sicknesses and diseases and carried our pains and sorrows. And in the Hebrew, it says, whether physical, mental, or emotional. He took it all. I know a preacher, uh, I, I mean, I met him once, and I was in his service at, at Norval's ministry, um, so I don't spend a lot of time with him. Uh, but anyways, he was an African gentleman, but he had moved to the States. He lived in Oklahoma, and he had a child that was born with one of his children with Down syndrome. And he spent two years refusing to accept it. Absolute refusal. And over the two-year period, that child was made totally normal. So that's a that's physical, that's mental, that's a full-blown healing, you know. So it so don't you don't have to limit it. <laughs> well, God will heal my uh uh you know, scratch on my pinky, but he may not heal my, you know, hurt from 20 years ago. No, man, he wants to heal it all. You know, he's 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 a good, good father, as the song says. And as Jesus said, he desires to give us the kingdom. He wants us to have all. So do I need to repeat any of that? I I'm sorry I got it on the word wisdom and prophecy. Some people take a different approach on those. I was trying to spell that out. I, I probably just didn't need to. But um, do I need to repeat any of this as we get ready to wrap up? And I know this was a little more like just teach academic type stuff. The purpose of this, and I know that our ministry and our church, we, we believe in the gifts. We, by the grace of God, endeavor to function in the gifts, you know, of course, in our lives and, you know, all that, uh, but in our, our gatherings, our, our services, all that type of stuff, whether it's guest speakers, whether it's a special service, whether it's normal service, you know, we, we are always open to that, right? And it's worth saying in light of this that the Lord does not need in this area or in here, he does not need our ability, but our what? Availability. And so it's not, well, Lord, I can't do that. Exactly. You can't heal the sick, but he in you can. You, you can't get a word for a desperate person, but the greater one within you can. And so it's not my ability. It's my being available to his ability. That's responsibility, responding to his ability, right? And so do I, do I, do I need to repeat any of these though? Okay, good. Um, also, I, I'm hoping that this will encourage all of us. Number one, if you have better understanding of something, it, it empowers you to function in it. It's like a job. You know, there's on-job training. You got to learn how to do it in order to do it, right? So part of this is just to help us and undergird us in this. Um, and some of it is, you guys, you know, we see it, we experience, some of you do it. And now we're under, oh, that's what that was when I, did such and such, you know, so I'm just giving some understanding to further empower us in, of course, the church here, but even in our lives as well. I mean, that man, Norval, oh, some of the stories, uh, I remember Norval telling the story about uh, California, I think, a young girl who was kidnapped and held, and they didn't, no, no idea, just snatched, and a little bit of time, uh, the Lord, uh, I, be I believe it was the mother seeking God like you would, uh, showed her 
exactly where her child was. Man, that's pretty awesome. That's the gifts of the Spirit for you. Norville used to say the gifts are heaven's weapons sent to the earth. Ah, I like that. It's simple, but man, it's so true, you know. And so uh, we need God's power, and thank God we have it, and, and we want to grow in that. So any closing thoughts, questions, comments? The Glory Center would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope that it is encouraged and ministered to you. We also would like to invite you to check out our website at glorycenter.org.